I am super excited to share today's episode of How to Be a Steminist with you. I guess it's a bit of a controversial view on mentoring. This is all about why you don't need a mentor to be successful in your career. Listen in to find out what the common problems women are having with mentoring are, what to do instead, when mentoring actually works, and other free resources you have in your reach that aren't mentors. I hope you enjoy it. This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a STEMinist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues, and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. Okay, Wonder Women in STEM, listen up. What I'm about to tell you does go against a lot of what advice is already out there, but I think it's really important to share this point of view. You do not need a mentor to succeed in your career. I'm going to say that again. You don't need a mentor to be successful in your career. So many women feel this massive pressure to get a mentor because they think that that is the only way that they can progress in their careers. And they're right in thinking this because that is what they've been told. But that's a complete and utter lie. If the only way that you can progress in your career at your workplace is by making sure that someone more senior has your back, then I would really question whether this is actually the right workplace for you. It's just simply not true that you need a mentor to succeed. But you should do what's right for you. If you're not sure what's right, try different things out. Again, this is going to go against a lot of common advice out there and is potentially a controversial topic to broach so early on in my podcast, but I did promise you that I was going to tell you and teach you all the things that no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM. In my own experience, you don't need a mentor to do well in your career. I think I've said that enough now. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, I had help from other people to get to where I did in my career. And of course, mentors can be a great resource if you find the right one. But I'm going to be dispelling the myth today that you need to have a great mentor in order to do well at work. So I'll be talking a little bit about the actual problem. So What is the actual problem with finding a mentor? What are the issues that women are facing today? And 
you know, why did I feel so awkward about getting a mentor in my own STEM career? Secondly, what to do instead. So what are the things that you can do in order to be successful in your own career without having to find that golden mentor that you've been told to look for? I'll also go through when mentoring works. So of course, if a mentoring relationship is right and it's working, then it can be really great for your career. So I'll be talking about when mentoring works as well and other resources that you can access if you don't have a mentor. Firstly, women are stressing out way too much about finding the right one. It almost sounds a bit like someone trying to find their, you know, the one, their romantic relationship in life, when in fact mentors don't have to be this all-encompassing god of information. I'll talk a little bit about that later. But there's a lot of pressure on women to find that mentor and then they pass that pressure on to that mentor as well. That mentor is going to be a human being. They're not going to be great at every single thing that you want them to be great at. So it's really important to actually figure out what you want from a mentoring relationship first. Secondly, it's just kind of awkward to ask people to be your mentor. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. Um, It's a children's book. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically this baby animal who can't find its mum and goes around asking lots of different other animals if they are their mother. This is the same for mentoring. You go around asking lots of different people if they'll be your mentor and obviously you'll get one of two responses. One is, no, I'm too busy, I'm not the right fit for you, etc, etc. So that kind of sucks, doesn't it? The second answer is a yes. And while that's great at the start, sometimes the people who say yes actually know that they don't have enough time to be your mentor. They say yes because it felt right in the moment. They might say yes because they feel awkward saying no to you. There's a number of reasons why people will say yes, even if they know they're not going to be a great mentor, whether that is they don't have the time or they don't have the experience or they just don't really know what they're getting themselves into. The next problem that lots of people don't think about is that when we seek a mentor, usually we will go and find obviously someone we look up to. But we often forget that the people we might feel like we look up to are people who are quite similar to us. So as a big advocate of diversity and especially diversity of thought, I think this can be a terribly dangerous thing to do. If we go and seek a mentor who is similar to us, we run the risk of finding someone who's just going to agree with us all the time and not actually challenge us with new ideas and maybe opposing thoughts as well. So that is something we really need to look out for. And finally, the biggest issue I have with this whole 
pressure for getting a mentor is that so many women feel that, you know, if only they had a mentor, then they could reach the next level, then they could be successful. I don't know about you, but to me, this sounds terribly disempowering. I truly believe that you've got everything within yourself to pave your own path in this world. You don't have to have a mentor to do that. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that, yes, you should create great relationships with others. You should network and draw on those resources. But I want you to move away from this dangerous thought that having this one golden person that you put on a pedestal is going to make your career great. You don't have to have that. And I'm going to tell you what you can do instead. So the things that you can do instead to boost your own career are to find out what you want to be better at. What is the skill that you want? So many people go out trying to find a mentor, just hoping that that person can fix all of their problems. As I said before, mentors are also humans. They're not going to be able to give you advice on everything and fix all your problems. You need to be resourceful and take things into your own control. Don't let others take control of your career. That is your own responsibility and it's much more fun when you can do it yourself. You can totally craft whatever you want. So go back and think about what is the skill that you actually want. Don't just go and find a mentor for no reason. What is it from that mentoring relationship that you actually want to get? So once you've identified that skill, and I do encourage you to just think of one thing at a time, because working on lots of things at a time can be, I guess, quite overwhelming and also a path to failure based on experience. So find out what you want to be better at. What is the skill that you want? Then look at your current network. Who do you know in your field of work or even not in your field of work, if it's a skill that someone else in your network might have, pinpoint the person or the people you know are good at that thing. Then chat to them. Just start a conversation and say, hey, I admire the way that you do whatever the skill is. Can I pick your brains about it? In most cases, people are pretty excited to help others, especially if they know that, well, you've told them that they've got a skill that you would like to have. People love doing that. Think about if someone more junior than you came up to you and said, hey, I really enjoyed your presentation and I think your presentation skills are great. Am I able to speak to you about it? Would you really say no to that? (laughs) People intuitively like to help others. Yes, there are times when people are going to say no. They might be too busy. They might not have the bandwidth to help you. Um, They might not feel comfortable being the expert in that thing. There might be a whole bunch of other reasons. They might just be stressed and maybe their mental health is not great at the moment. That's okay. 
if you get a no, don't feel like you've been rejected or anything. That person is going through their own thing. Go and find someone else who has that skill. Just search around and I'm sure you'll be able to find someone who can help. If there is no one in your current network that has that skill, I do encourage you to still ask around your network. So ask maybe your manager or maybe some colleagues about whether they know someone with this skill because that is something you're interested in developing. I'm sure in that way you will be able to get connected up with someone. Your colleagues might introduce you to someone else who has that skill and I'm sure that that person would also be happy to help you. Again, people are often nervous about approaching people they don't know, but people love to share their own knowledge and love to say when they've got knowledge that no one else has. Okay, so say that you've connected up with this person who has the skill that you would like. Prepare a couple of open-ended questions and treat the meeting a bit like an interview. Find out how they became good at this thing, what they wish they knew when they were first starting out, and some of the biggest successes and challenges that they've had. In this first meeting, you might actually find that you've gotten all the answers you need. Therefore, you can just say to this person, Hey, I loved learning off you today. Um, can we stay in contact? And I'm sure they'd say yes. It's very rare that people would say no to that, right? Um, so you might have all the answers you need and you can leave it at that. If it is a skill that you are continuing to work on and you would like this person's help during that time, I would encourage you to say to them, Hey, um, this is something I would like to work on. I have maybe got a milestone coming up. I have got something that I want to work on until this date. Is it possible for us to meet regularly until I achieve this thing? It's so important that when you are asking for help from someone else, especially when you're going to be meeting regularly, that there is an end date or an end milestone or something that you're going to achieve before you finish up. Again, with so many mentoring or traditional mentoring relationships anyway, there's no end date. So it's kind of awkward. You kind of have this ongoing relationship and you never really know when it's going to end. It gets a bit awkward. You both stop meeting up. It's almost like a sly breakup. <laughs> That is awkward. So find out what the end date is and they might be happy to do that. So they might say, yes, I'm happy to help you until you achieve this skill. Let's do that and let's aim to meet once a month until that happens or whatever it is. So find out how often you would like to meet. It doesn't even have to be as rigid as that. You might just say to them, um, I want to achieve this thing by this date you know, I, you've given me some great information today. Can I, is it possible if I have your phone number or email address so I can contact you if and when I run into issues? This type of relationship 
moves away from the need to give it a title, give this relationship a name. It is just a person helping you with a skill until you achieve something. I can guarantee that if you take this approach to your career development, you are going to learn way more than just relying on one mentor to teach you everything you need to know. It's also really rewarding to do a mentoring relationship this way for that mentor because they can say that they have helped you achieve something. Everyone loves to achieve goals and milestones and this is something you get to bring them on the journey for. Mentoring relationships should be really fulfilling for both parties. So for both the mentor and the mentee, both parties should get just as much satisfaction out of it as each other. So far, I've spoken about what the problems with mentoring relationships are, what to do instead, but I also want to cover when a traditional mentoring relationship works, because If it's done right, mentoring relationships can be really, really great for both parties. So a traditional mentoring relationship is when you don't really follow what I've just told you, which is just to find someone who has a skill that you don't have. A traditional mentoring relationship is someone who maybe is, well, is definitely more senior than you. Um, has a wealth of knowledge in the field that you want to be in or maybe is working in a position that you aspire to be in one day. And it's kind of more general. So this person is going to be giving you advice on all sorts of things and drawing from their own career experience and I guess sharing those with you. So this sort of traditional mentoring relationship only works if both parties are committed in the same amounts of time and energy. So usually what happens in bad mentoring relationships is that the mentee will ask the mentor to meet them, say, in a month's time. The mentor, usually a pretty senior person, has a packed schedule and they just can't afford to spend that time to meet with this person. So they say, hey, sorry, can we shift our meeting back by a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks turns into months. And then it becomes really awkward because the mentee now feels rejected. (laughs) Their mentor isn't spending any time with them. The mentor feels guilty and almost resentful that they've got to meet with their mentee. So a traditional mentoring relationship only works when both parties are committed both time and energy wise. Also, the mentoring relationship works only if both parties know what they're getting out of the relationship. Next, they both need to be clear of the boundaries of the relationship. So how much time they're going to spend with each other, how often they're going to speak, what is the best mode for communication, what locations they're going to meet at, etc, etc. And finally, the last 
element of a successful traditional mentoring relationship is that both parties challenge each other. So as I said before, we can often fall into the trap of trying to find a mentor who's just like us. A great mentor relationship is when both parties can have different points of view so that you can open each other's minds up. This is the only way that you're going to learn anything new. If you stick with people who are just like you, you're never going to grow. So go out and find a mentor who's going to have a different opinion to you. You don't have to take on their advice. You don't have to agree on anything. But I think it's really important that we are open-minded enough to speak to people who are different. The final point I want to raise is what happens if you don't have a mentor? What other resources are there? So there are a few here that I can recommend. Firstly, friends or people who are more junior than you. Mentors don't have to necessarily be older than you or more senior than you. As I said before, you are more than welcome to gain insights and I guess new thoughts from anyone in your network. So I definitely know that I've worked with some incredible people who are way more junior than me and they've taught me lots of things that I never would have learnt from someone more senior than me. So really open up your mind to different opportunities. Again you can reach out to people who are on LinkedIn. So I spoke about that previously before. Um, LinkedIn such a great resource for tapping into people's um, knowledge bases, I guess. Although you might not have met these people in person, I think these days people are pretty open to chatting with someone who they've not met in person. Especially on LinkedIn, you can see and verify this person's um, career history, so you can pretty much tell if they're being real or not. So if you have seen someone do a talk or something and you wanted to reach out to them, just send them a message on LinkedIn. They would love that. I just want to encourage you that if someone doesn't respond to you on LinkedIn, it doesn't mean they hate you. It probably just means that they've missed the message. They were maybe on the train while they read your message and forgotten to reply or maybe they just don't respond to LinkedIn messages as a personal rule. So just don't take it to heart. If someone doesn't respond to you on LinkedIn, that's fine. Move on and try and find someone else. LinkedIn is full of lots and lots of different people. There are obviously other resources such as blogs or podcasts like this one that deal with specific skills that you might want to have to boost your own career in STEM. Finally, if you have listened to this whole podcast and you wish that you knew more people in your network who might have skills that you want to have, I encourage you to come and join my Facebook community for women in STEM. It's called Wonder Women in STEM and you can either go to Facebook and search that in the groups or follow the link that's in the show notes here. 
This is where we discuss all things gender equality, career development, and share challenges and advice with each other as women in STEM. And it's just a bunch of like-minded women like you who want to help you. So go ahead and check that out in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode and you found it insightful or you feel that someone else might benefit from this, can I please ask you to do one thing for me today and share this podcast episode with them. I hope this new and different approach to mentoring relationships has empowered you to take control of your own career instead of relying on someone else. You can join me on episode three, which is already out, lucky you, to find out why gender inequality still exists in STEM today. So go ahead and check that out. I'm sure it will be really insightful and helpful for you to navigate your own career. Until next time, take care.